Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and today I'm so excited to introduce you to someone you may not know yet, but you soon will fall in love with. Meadowlark is a mental health activist. She is a formal mental health worker, and she took her knowledge from working in the mental health nonprofits and social work roles into online advocacy and branding by writing and consulting for brands who are looking to promote mental wellness. She's currently the mental health lead at Mad Happy, has her own YouTube channel, and is a self-proclaimed internet lover. If you guys don't know Mad Happy, it's that amazing streetwear brand that has the cutest hoodies and sweatpants. And the brand is just all about destigmatizing mental health. And she has an incredible story about how she helps them do that. And if you follow Mad Happy or Local Optimist, their other brand, you definitely know who she is. Or maybe you don't because it's just her behind the Instagram. We have an amazing conversation. So when we jump into the current mood combo, you will hear all about it. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood is finally having me time. Oh my gosh. I feel like once I figured out my pot of people that I could hang out with, I've been socializing, I've been moving and grooving. And all of a sudden your girl was like, I just want to lay in bed and literally do nothing. So that's what I did. I canceled a dinner because boundaries. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Ladies. I canceled it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint my nails and I'm going to watch sex in the city. And I'm just going to literally eat whatever I want I didn't even get dinner with my brother you guys and he lives across the hall from me I was just like everybody leave me alone I just want to relax I forgot how to be social after being in quarantine for so long I was like this is exhausting I love you all and I took some me time it's such a good best mood when you can just actually enjoy spending time with yourself being mindful taking care of yourself and really recharging so that was definitely a best mood was making the boundaries to get my own me time in and feel really really recharged afterwards and then that obviously leads me to my worst mood which was putting too much on my plate clearly which is why I needed that me time and quite frankly (laughs) I need it right now I just I think that with the year coming to a close like you and I and I'm talking about it because we're best friends, right? That's why you listen to the podcast. Like we've all talked about, it's just kind of like making plans and finishing out the year strong. And sometimes I get a little too gung-ho. I get really ambitious. And it's not that I can't handle it. It's just sometimes I get so much on my plate that I definitely need someone to kind of like whip me back into shape. Because I don't say yes to things that I know I really can't do. And if I really can't do them, I'll say no to them. Like I said in my best mood. But I think sometimes the stress of just like, wait a second, did I just put way too much on my plate can I not do it definitely can become 
a worse mood because it's just life. It's just stressful. It's that jaw clenching, waking up in the middle of the night with my knees throbbing and like not being able to sleep, just so stressed out, but also excited and like wanting to get stuff done, but putting too much on my plate because of it. So it's definitely not one of the worst, worst moods because it's good to be stressed. And we're going to talk about that in the current mood combo, which actually definitely really made me reframe my state of mind on this worst mood. But I think it's always good to point out the highs and the lows and accept them and honor them and not beat yourself up about them. It's not bad just because I've been so stressed that like maybe I haven't been able to take as great of care of myself as as I want. I still have made the time for myself a little bit, even though I kind of want more and I've definitely said yes to a lot of things. I know I'm going to be fine. I know I'm going to get through it and I'm going to be like, see, I got everything done. But in the moment, it's like, holy shit, why did I say yes to all of these different things? So that's my best mood and worst mood of the week. Honestly, I'm still feeling a little bit of both of them, to be quite honest. So it'll be interesting to see what I say next week, because right now I could really use some best mood and I'm having a little bit of worst mood, but I got this. We got this. You got this. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. If you have not heard of this, you are in for a freaking treat, like a literal treat. You guys know that I love just like a little snack or sugar or just love to treat myself and Cereal was one of the best parts about being a kid, obviously. First of all, if you didn't make a like little house, not like a house, but like a barrier with cereal boxes and like eat in your little cubicle of cereal boxes and not look at your siblings, like I I guess we were not raised the same way, but that was one of my favorite childhood memories and I love cereal, but I feel so guilty buying it at the store cuz like I'm an adult and I really don't want to eat too much sugar. You guys know I've tried to really cut out sugar for a multitude of reasons and I really wanted to still have a treat and incorporate that like nostalgia and flavor and just honestly easiness of that breakfast routine with cereal magic spoon is your new favorite cereal it has zero sugar 11 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in each serving there's four flavors there's cocoa fruity frosted and blueberry personally i like frosted and blueberry but that's just me it tastes amazing it's honestly too good to be true It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. It's seriously so tasty. You guys need it in your life. Go to magicspoon.com slash mood to grab a variety pack, which is what I got, and try it today. And be sure to use my promo code mood at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, you guys. It is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash mood and use code mood for free shipping. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the podcast. And now I'm hungry. Now let's jump into mood boosters because you can never have enough. And don't forget, I always go back to some of my old mood boosters. If you saw, I was like vibing with the fireplace on the TV last night. But of course, like always, I have some new ones for you guys. My first mood booster, I have to say, I just, I gotta say it. It's sex in the city. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know who I am, but apparently I am the person that has not watched sex in the city from the beginning. I don't know what it is. Maybe I grew up on too much Hannah Montana. I think I bloomed a little bit late in life. We'll get into that another time. But I just wanted something that I could kind of like have in the background at first. Like, you know, when you don't really want to watch TV, but you want the TV to be on. So that's kind of what the intention was. And the real, real intention was my dogs are insane, a.k.a. Nugget. And he barks at the commercials and Sex in the City is on HBO. See, this is getting really deep. This is getting really like we're getting to the root of it. Right. So I was like, OK, Sex in the City background. I can kind of watch it. It'll just be a little mood booster in the background, right? My dog won't bark at the TV. I'll be relaxing. I, I'll do my nails. I'll, I'll just, you know, work on my computer. And then the next thing you know, I'm in it. 
I'm in it, baby. I'm like fully addicted to Sex in the City. It's sad that I'm probably going to finish the entire series soon. But now I'm thinking of like, wait, I watched Sex in the City, the movie, clearly. How did I not watch this entire season and understand the movie at all? So I'm going on a journey with Carrie Bradshaw and it's fully amazing and fabulous and I love it. And it's a mood booster because... I don't know. I feel like I know it's kind of like tacky and people like to talk shit on sex in the city once you like rewatch it as an adult. But like, I'm not afraid to say that like I'm really like loving it and I feel like it's really boosting my mood. So like haters back off. My next mood booster is Sakara, and I kind of mentioned the tease a couple weeks ago, but this is a little bit different because I'm actually doing the full like meal program. So I'm not really like fully like in it because I really wanted to be, I really wanted to challenge myself, but I picked like the worst week ever, but we're going to keep this a mood booster. We're not going to beat ourselves up about it. And by ourselves, I mean me because I'm the only one doing this. Okay. So basically I've always wanted to do one of their like cleanses, I guess it's like a detox where they send you all this like plant-based food. Um, and so, they reached out to me and I was like okay like I'll I'll try it I'll challenge myself so I'm kind of vlogging it but like kind of getting busy oh should I tell you guys the truth okay I'll tell you I had McDonald's fries last night it was an accident my brother went to McDonald's he brought them to me like I I ate them obviously it's called self-care but yeah so the mood booster (laughs) is Sakara but it's not for what you think I think it's just a nice reminder that eating fresh food and like not just automatically reaching for the cookie sometimes actually does feel really good and like actually tastes really good so it's definitely opening up my eyes to kind of just wanting to take a little bit more care of myself because I'm all over the place I'm always in a different mood so you never know what you're gonna get and I'm really liking what I'm getting from eating plant-based this week I've been eating it a little bit more and I really like their brand and I really like their food and so far it's just like the convenience of it and just the yumminess of it I'm liking it so far I don't know if I could ever do it like full-time or like really really invest in myself and do that kind of thing it's just not how I'm wired I guess like there's no way I'm going home to Chicago and not getting Portillo's if you know you know so that's just kind of like where I'm at with it but it really is a mood booster because it's just nice knowing that there's like food downstairs that I'm trying to challenge myself to do something I'm not shaming myself if I don't fully do it because I'm still putting like incredible stuff in my body like even after I ate this like salad yesterday, I was like, this is so good and so filling and I feel so good eating it. And I just, it was literally a mood booster and I've never really gotten a mood booster from like super, super healthy food, I guess, which is shocking, but I want to try more of it. And it's like kind of gotten me a little bit more curious and hopefully in the new year, I can really get back into cooking and like maybe figure out healthy stuff that I like and get even more curious about it. So it's definitely a mood booster Sakara, if you haven't tried the meal service I think it'll be really fun to do something like that for the new year to just kind of like reset I know that also can be kind of cheesy but I don't know I just think I like challenging myself and getting curious and I really do believe that like we have to take care of our bodies to also feel good in our minds and I know that for a fact for myself and so I feel like it shouldn't be so shocking when I take care of my body and put good food in it and good nutrients in it that I feel so good but it's also like yes it's life life is short eat the damn cupcake but also it does feel good to eat nutrient-packed stuff as well so let me know if you guys want to get curious about that with me in the new year because I think it could be fun and I could do some YouTube videos some recipes I just haven't done that in a while and I forgot how good it feels so having Sakara like the meal delivery was a huge mood booster for me and also that you guys know their detox tea is just so good and their detox bars so good I just tried their beauty chocolates so good I'm literally obsessed you know all the things we'd love to do for ourselves but haven't done for whatever reason <laughs> 
For me, I've always wanted straighter teeth and a better smile. Well, I've, and now I'm done putting it off. And thanks to Candid, straightening my teeth is simpler, easier, and more comfortable than ever. I didn't wear my braces long enough when I was growing up. And then I also didn't really wear my retainer. So I've always had these little slits in my teeth and they've really bothered me. And I'm really, really excited because the Candid Clear aligners are so comfortable, removable, and practically invisible. Unlike wire braces that I had as a teenager. So you can really transform your smile without anyone noticing, which is kind of like the key to adulting. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. And it's all done from the comfort and convenience of your own home. Because I never leave my house. Candid only works with orthodontists, never general dentists like other companies. Plus, your supervising orthodontist will be with you every step of the way. You guys, this is super important and unique. With Candid, your treatment includes remote monitoring by the same orthodontist who created your plan. So you never have to wonder how you're doing. You'll always know. And I really love that because I'm a micromanager and I just want my teeth to be straight. The average candid treatment is just six months, so you'll be seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands of dollars less than braces. Start straightening your teeth today, like me, because who doesn't want a beautiful smile? Right now, all my listeners can save $75 on Candid Starter Kit. Go to candidco.com slash mood with L-E and use code mood with L-E. That's candidco.com slash mood with L-E, code mood with L-E. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. Candidco.com slash mood with L-E, code mood with L-E. Okay, guys, let's jump into our current mood convo with Meadow. We talk so much mental health, especially mental health in 2020. Everything from the stigmas to her background to social media to therapy and just things you can really do to make yourself feel better throughout this kind of crazy year. I'm really excited, and I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. So let's just jump right in. Okay, guys, today's current mood combo. We have a special guest, and I know I say this every week, but I really mean it this time because this is technically my first mental health professional. Like, we have the word professional at the end. So not only are we going to be chatting about all things mental health like we usually do, you don't just have to listen to me make shit up. You actually have my new side hoe nope side yeah, side yeah like main side chick side chick yeah, there you go. welcome to the podcast meadow we are so thrilled to have you how are you doing today i am so thrilled to be here it's not even funny i feel like we've known each other for years i feel like we have so much to talk about i don't even know where to begin i'm thrilled well, I'm so excited to have you. And I'm going to tell you how I found you because Ooh, okay. I always like giving people the origin story of my obsession with them. And I only bring people on the podcast that I'm obsessed with. So for the people that listen, it's probably very annoying because they think I'm probably obsessed with everyone. But trust me, I could have other people on. I just only do people I'm obsessed with. Oh, yeah. So I got obsessed with you because my friend Maddie <laughs> Bragg, <laughs> who is definitely more so your life. friend now, your Maddie is definitely more so your friend now because I haven't seen her in ages, but I love the girl to death. She's such a cutie angel. And she's an angel. She really is. And so she posted one of your videos, um, like just to her story. And it was like something about mental health. Hold on. As I'm saying this, I'm going to look. It was something about like mental health and like it had a good thumbnail. And like, I'm a sucker for good branding. And I was just like, this looks You validating my thumbnail? I can't even, okay, keep going. I'm living <laughs> for this. <laughs> my head is growing, like doubling in size as you're speaking. Bro, it should. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I think Maddie posted- so this is a year ago. So she must have posted either how to stay positive in 2020. I think she posted how to stay positive in 2020 positivity tips from you. 
and you uploaded a vlog and great thumbnail, like I said, and I just loved like automatically like fell in love with, although you have what you think is a small little channel, your editing is amazing. Your message is amazing. And I was just like, wait, like this girl's legit as fuck. And like, I want to obviously get into like everything that you do because it's so robust, but that is how I discovered you. FYI. That makes me so happy. I can't even tell you because I was that weird kid on YouTube since 2009. Like I've been obsessed with YouTube forever. I've been, you, you want to get deep? I'm going to show you a skeleton in my closet. Candy Johnson was pregnant with her fourth baby and she always called it cupcake because she didn't know the gender. And she was coming to see her visit her sister in San Diego. And I went out and bought a cupcake themed gift on the off chance that I ran into her in 2009. Like I was that weird kid on YouTube that like loved it. And so in quarantine, I mean, I think you saw, I made like two videos two years ago just for fun. And then in quarantine, when you work from home, you know, like all of your hobbies or extra things you do are out. So I had no, I was like, I need something to do. I need a new hobby. I need a challenge. I just want to like try something new that's fun that's at home. And so I decided to be the next YouTube internet sensation. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. So naturally naturally i was like just as one does star, as one does so i'm up to 23 subscribers i'm going strong wow you I just mean, publicly endorsed me so i pretty much think i'm famous now yeah so i mean i just i'm doing great has the fame has the fame changed you at all you know you know i stay grounded i've got a really good support system that like lets me know that <laughs> you know reminds me of where i came from right right yeah, i'm trying to stay level-headed but like you know, it's, it's tough, dude, the industry, <laughs> the industry gets tough, dude. Let's take it back. How did you get into wanting to work in mental health? And what was the, like, how did you get your start in the field of mental health? I took a psychology class in high school, loved it, thought this is interesting. I'm diagnosing every member of my family because every single member of my family has some sort of mental illness. And then thought that I should apply to college under that and decided to do something else because I heard it was easier to get into college if you applied under a different major. And then just kind of left it open like, oh, I don't really know what I wanna do. I'm gonna try new things. And I went to UC Santa Barbara and I was walking across campus and there was this sign outside our school's counseling and psychological services. And it said, mental health peeps, come check out a job we have. And I was like, I like mental health. Like, all it's all I talk about anyway. Like, let's go see what this is about. And I sat on the floor of this room where they were describing this job and just remember being like, this is literally meant for me. This is my, like, this is what I'm meant to do. And all it was, was a program where they chose like 10 undergraduates and you kind of act as the liaison between the student body and the therapist on staff. So you're kind of like introducing people to mental health, talking to students about what they're going through, kind of suggesting different things, like giving lectures around campus or little workshops, and then like kind of bridging that gap to the therapist and to the more professional services. And I ended up doing that job and it changed my life. And I knew immediately that's what I want to do. Besides the fact that every single person in my family has mental health issues. And so inevitably it was going to be the only thing I ended up doing anyway. But I felt like I tricked myself into thinking I had autonomy over that decision until that moment. And then was like, oh yeah, this is what I meant to do. And then have just been doing social work, mental health jobs ever since. So did you go, you graduated, I assumed, yes? Yeah, I transferred to San Francisco and then graduated from USF. So have you just been like working in mostly like nonprofit and stuff, you would say? Because that's what I'm pretty sure I saw on your in your bio. Yeah, yeah. Nonprofit. So like I've worked at an LGBTQ resource center for older adults. 
I've worked helping youth, like kind of disenfranchised youth or youth that are more at risk, find and maintain jobs. I've worked, and then the, the, the biggest one that I worked right before now this switch to Mad Happy was uh, NAMI. Do you know them? No, but it sounds familiar. National, yeah, I feel like you would, if you saw the logo, maybe you would know. It's called National Alliance on Mental Illness. Mm. It's the nation's largest nonprofit supporting mental health issues. So I ran a public speaking program, our volunteers, a hospital program, a homeless clubhouse program. And actually my boyfriend still works there at the homeless. He does supervising the outreach team at the homeless clubhouse. Oh my God. Is that how you met? We met in a different social work job. We met at the one helping youth uh, <laughs> find and maintain employment. Yeah, we're two, two little oh social God. worker, fashion obsessed kids. <laughs> I love it. So since you did all that or like still, I guess, kind of do all that, how the hell do you end up working at Mad Happy? One of the coolest, like, would it, Dude. is it streetwear? Like what, what would you say it is? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the one of the coolest like streetwear like sweatpant hoodie like things on the market. Dude, (laughs) I do not recommend this to people. So let me just say like don't follow my example. But I shot my shot in the DMs. Really? I shot my shot in the DMs. They I was doing while I was at Nomi, I was doing like side work for this chick that does branding for luxury brands, and she had to put together this pitch for like just find cool kid brands like Glossier, new, you know, new up and coming brands. This was last year. And I had a friend that said, Hey, like I've heard of this brand called Mad Happy. They're the new cool kid streetwear brand in LA, but they're also all about mental health. You should check them out. It sounds up your alley. And when I looked, they had, the blog was like still a part of their website and they had two posts. And so I DM'd them and said, Hey, like, I'm a mental health professional. I love what you guys, I've always liked fashion too. Like my, if you saw my mom, you would get it. My mom is nuts and always dressed up. She has pink hair. Like fashion's just always been a side thing. It's nothing I ever thought I'd be like into, but just always something I liked. But so I was like, hey, I love what you're doing. This is so cool. I'm actually a mental health professional and I love to write. Like if you ever want any help, I'd, I'd love to just write something for your blog. And they said yes and answered me and like to my surprise. I wrote a couple, like three articles for them. And then basically made up a job and said, hey, if this is, if you're serious about this, you should have someone from the mental health world. You should, like, I could come in and act as your liaison, almost like in that counseling, other counseling role and say, I can give you access to all this information. Like I can write any mental health content. We could maybe offer services. Like there's so much more you could do besides just the stigma part. If you had a professional, I can do that for you. And they said, yes, I just made it up. And they went, yeah, of course, that's genius. And so here we are. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's so epic I love I that really so like much I, I still feel like like someone's gonna find out and isn't not, that you know isn't that I mean? imposter syndrome yeah <laughs> look at you this is gonna turn into you being my therapist <laughs> yeah literally I mean come on I know a thing or two right I have enough yeah, exactly. syndromes to know a few syndromes um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I definitely am really like intrigued by just like even just kind of like what Mad Happy is doing too because I know that so pe- so many people that listen to this probably know so much about just like their clothes and stuff mm-hmm. and so what is like the new kind of like local optimist what would you say like sister not sister brand just like other kind of kind of I feel like they're two I kind of use them in in exchange for each other or whatever you want to say yeah. but you're right it's more of like a sister brand so local optimist is our blog so we bring it's kind of a mental health resource hub So we try to bring stories and information and like, I'll talk about new research or blah, blah, blah. But I think the coolest thing we're doing is 
One of the things I did at NAMI was run our national resource hotline. So people would call in and say things like, hey, my neighbor is like outside mowing his lawn and seems very sporadic and out of it. I'm not really sure what's happening. I think it's a mental health issue. What do I do? And they would just call in and leave voicemails. And we managed a team of volunteers for the entire nation, actually, even though it was in San Diego, to connect people to the right resources, give people general information, walk them through whatever they're going through. And so we've replicated that for Mad Happy, but now it's through texting. So we started a local optimist hotline that's so people can kind of text me and be like, and hopefully a team later, but for now it's me and talk about hey, I've been really stressed out this year in quarantine. School is just starting. I have no idea what to do. Like, what books do you recommend? What things can I be reading? What self-care tips should I do? What, co- what, are, what are coping strategies? Where do I find meditation practices? And just ask kind of all those general one-on-one non-crisis related mm-hmm. questions and have us be that like friendly face that normalizes it. And it's like, yeah, it's cool to ask these questions. It's cool to work on yourself. We're doing it too. Here's what we're doing and here's what helps and kind of have that from a professional perspective as well. Do you feel like as, I mean, cause obviously like for those who don't know, this is like a very like young, cool and hip girl. Like you wouldn't assume that it's just like, this isn't like an old like lady, like that is like the therapist you're afraid of. Um, so do you feel like as you've kind of like grown up like with social media and stuff too, and I would say probably in the past few years, especially, do you feel like you've really noticed improvements around the conversations like with mental health and like destigmatizing it and stuff like that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like even this year, I feel so reluctant to say this because I'm not trying to make light of a year or find goodness in a year that's been so horrible to so many people. But I also think the, uh, this year has really made people realize that mental health is real and talked about in a way that I've never seen people be receptive to. You know, what's so cool. I actually found a note on my phone recently from tw- like 2013 that said, make mental health cool some sort of online thing like a blog or video where people talk about it, but you don't feel like you watched a really long Netflix original drama series. Like I had this whole note on my phone of things that how I wanted to bring mental health online and make it normal and cool. And I really feel like this is the first year we're seeing people do that where I'm just blown up, like finding your podcast, finding this other chick's podcast that I just went and talked to, like seeing people pop up that are actually supporting and talking about mental health is blowing my mind this year. And so that's why I feel like I'm so stoked and jazzed all the time, which is so inappropriate considering how devastating this year is being. But it's also just so cool that we're actually being like, yeah, these are real issues. It's cool to care about yourself and to grow and work on yourself. And sometimes you need extra help doing that. You can't figure it all out alone. You've got to talk to someone else too. And that's normal. I know. I feel like for me too, I was lucky enough to not grow up in, you know, a household where it was like stigmatized or something like I've been getting help since like a very young age. And so I think for me, it was obviously scary. Like, you know, being vulnerable just because I did have the audience and to yeah. be like, hey, like this is what I struggle with. But it's still to this day, like no matter how many videos I upload, like the videos where I talk about mental health or like open up about something or even just like after a good podcast episode or something like those are the messages like I get consistently. And so it's just so interesting that it's clearly what people need the most. But mm-hmm. for some reason, until, you know, we did have to go through this horrible, horrible crisis for it to affect people that aren't even usually struggling as they think with mental health. I kept telling my friends, like, 
you know, I, I can't imagine how you guys are feeling. Cause like, you know, I've had anxiety for so long. Like I right. have some tools and to I experienced it for the first time now. Yeah. Is, it's just it's like, hard. it's yeah. scary. I'm just like, I mean, and then I was saying, imagine what you're feeling. That's what I feel like every single day. And I'm feeling it right now times 10. So it's exactly. just like this, like really interesting and like eye opening year. And I really hope that, you know, people keep, um, you know, the momentum keeps going just with the mental health conversation as like, you know, our lives get back to normal because I feel like even in America, all we're taught to do is, you know, just like work, 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 like go to school, go to college, get a job. So I saw that you posted on your Instagram story, speaking of kind of just how people are finally caring about it and we're moving in this right direction. But I think you posted an article like years ago, like two years ago, you posted on story like yesterday saying, remember when I wrote this piece a couple years ago and it was about why you hate the term self-care. Am I wrong? Oh yeah. No, the monetization of self-care. Yeah. So can you just like, I'd love to get your take on that too, because I think that, you know, I'm someone that tries very much to, I think the reason why I say like self-care and stuff is genuinely because I'm someone that like actually genuinely needs to take care of myself, but it's not just in the ways that are pretty on Instagram. Like it's, you you know, it's it's me taking a bath and then like shooting a bunch of content in the bath. Like, yes, sometimes like those are just like good moods and I want to show them and like show that like, it's okay. And like, there are those things that like, let's say quote unquote, normal people, not that normal people exist, but like, you know, even in recovery, we say normies. (laughs) And so you know, it's like sometimes self-care like is for me laying in bed all day and like just honoring my feelings. And so what is your kind of perspective of the monetization of self-care? Okay. So this is my big thing that hyped me up two years ago. That still gets me hyped up now. Like self-care is not a face mask. Like, I think that was my big thing, which Honestly, this year has kind of changed if I'm being completely honest, but in the past, I feel as if when people talked about self-care, it was always do your skincare routine. If you buy this thing, it'll help you in real self-care for, for the research, for me, for like, as a professional, real self-care is taking your meds. If you need them, going to therapy, taking alone time, having a journaling practice, like confronting your shadow, owning your shadow, letting go of your ego, like all of these little things that take you in your head working on yourself, none of that costs a dime. Like we can make mental health so much more accessible and so much more normal and so much easier. And none of it has to do with doing your skincare. And let me tell you, I'm obsessed with skincare. It was just my birthday. Every single one of my friends gave me skincare products. Like I love skincare as much as the next girl, but it's not self-care. It's not a real coping strategy. It feels so good to take time for yourself. And like you said, it's one of my favorite moods and like even taking a bath and relaxing. But if I'm not sitting in the bath intentionally coming with something that I'm trying to work out in my mind or do something like that, like you need a little bit of both. You need the time to decompress and you need the time to refill your cup, but you also need to do, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna be all over the place. Have you seen that Instagram video of the guy saying doing the work? No, but that's oh, amazing. No. Every time I say, because I want to say you also need to do the work, but every time I say that, I just feel like I'm just making myself so mockable of the guys. Like, you know, I'm just really doing the work right now. First of all, there's that. like anything you could say is like easily mockable on like some form <laughs> of social media. Like I had this whole like moment too, where I just needed to 
kind of like accept like I'm so like self-aware but also like to a fault to the point where I'm like I want you so badly to know how much I am aware like to the point yes. where I, I'm like no I know I'm stupid like that kind of thing where it's like <laughs> it's like bad you know and so I think that's like even like a struggle for me like on social media is like wanting to express something that maybe is kind of cheesy or mocky or something that's like too vulnerable so that I don't sound like how do you find your inner peace with like pockets of peace and I'm like you know well, what pockets of peace serious though like I know they're still real like I want to it's so pockets of peace sound nice but I don't want to sound yeah. like a loser like you know so it's like, like loser, and I don't want to sound so like my name is Meadowlark, okay? Like, there's only so hippie you can get before people start looking at you like, what is she talking about? But it's true. Like, you have to do the work and you also have to unplug and rewind. But I just want people to know that none of this needs money. Like, you don't have to be rich. You don't, even if you can't afford therapy, there's like low income therapy. But like, none of this needs access and resources. And I think we're already in such a socioeconomic status divided country anyway and we're already set up with systems that just keep everyone in those buckets anyway so i think the more we make that accessible and the more you make that normalized so that's my big thing with the monetization of self-care i will say in 2020 i feel like people are getting better i feel like or maybe it's just who i choose to follow but at yeah. least on my feed going through i see coping mechanisms i have nothing to do with buying things right. in order to cope which is so cool yeah and i think too it's like you know especially like I was saying, self-aware, I was, whenever I kind of do my mood booster section, I always say, cause like for some people it's, you know, maybe they don't do the work, but there are things that like make them feel good and just like actually take them off their phone and stuff. Right. Or exactly. there are like, for me, it's like, I, at the end of the day, no matter how much I love mental health and I'm always, it's going to, I'm always going to be on my own journey with mental health. I love fashion and I love beauty. And like, there are like these little like things that do boost my mood. They don't like you know, conquer like my resentments and my inner demons or whatever. But I think for me too, is like, there's stuff that like, for instance, there was this comment that I got on my YouTube channel, oh, probably, a, probably this year, but it was someone saying just like, oh, maybe if you didn't spend so much time focusing on like all the materialistic things, you would actually be happier. Like when you're trying to make yourself happier because of this stuff. And I was just like, first of all, like I'm trying to just like be a light in the community and like do like, like I can't come on and talk about like deep shit every single week because it's just not, how am I going to keep that, keep the audience so that when I do bring that stuff up, it makes more sense and it's more approachable. And also I'm a real person. Like you were saying, well, you love skincare just as much as the next person. It's like, at the end of the day, like for me being able to get out of bed and do my skincare routine, like is me conquering depression in that moment, because I don't even want to get out of bed. And so it's like, I totally understand what you're saying with the monetization of self-care, because it's almost like, yes, their self-care is so broad and can mean so much, so many different things to so many people. But the way that some people obviously just lean into it without discussing that other stuff is very much clearly like just profiting off of something that we actually need to raise more awareness to. And so I think that's at least what I try to do with this podcast and why I'm so excited to have you on is because yes, sometimes my mood boosters like are like my fucking new Amazon light bulbs that get red at night because it <laughs> makes me feel relaxed. But oh, like, don't think I didn't add those to my cart after I heard you talk about them. Yeah. You and Lauren from Skinny Confidential. I was like, that's it. Two Laurens, I'm in. Yeah. I'm just like, at the end of the day, like we're all human and like we live in the world we live in. Like we're most of us are like consumers or shopaholics or whatever. So 
I do love that conversation. And I think you're right. I think 2020 this year, we've seen people do a lot better of a job at it. And I think my theory might check out of like, maybe because people that are actually usually happy started losing their minds. Exactly. But also I, I have so many things that I want to say to what you just said, because I agree vehemently, but one, I do think fashion can be a wellness tool. Like I said, I love fashion. You love fashion. We love skincare. Like if your skincare routine is what makes you get out of bed on a day when you're depressed, that is self-care. For me, I think fashion is the number one way that I express myself in terms of like, maybe I, I like to draw, I like to do other things, but in, in day-to-day creativity, there's only so much time in a day. So what I choose to wear makes me feel like I'm choosing my mood for that day or like expressing what my mood is for mm. that day. And that's really fun. And that's really cool. But then there's also, this is the Libra in me. I argue every side of everything, ready? But then there's also the other side of my boyfriend and I talk about this all the time because he also loves fashion where we're like, we need to unprocess our internalized capitalism because there is a point where we love it and it's self-expression and it's fun, but also I don't need to be buying it all the time and I could be doing other things. And going back to internalized capitalism goes to what you were saying about hustle culture. And like, I don't need to buy this thing to feel better. I don't need to be hustling to make this happen. So it's all just a balance, but it's, it's about, like you said, like showing both sides. There can be those fun, easier things to do, but if you're going to talk about them and not match it with, I also take meds and go to therapy and do the real work, then this just feels so superficial, you know? Yeah. And like, I feel like, you know, for someone that does like struggle with mental health, or I guess maybe not even struggle, but just let's say on the journey, trying to take more negative. Yeah. Trying to take more negative things out of my vocabulary, but it's like, that fun superficial level stuff like just straight up doesn't happen without exactly. the first stuff like if i don't exactly. you know what i mean so it's like as some if if someone wants to say it's like superficial it's like you clearly don't know the other side of and it and i get so it like showing the like, other side of it takes so much more vulnerability right like that's a lot harder to be like right. hey i'm on an snri and it's great than it is to be like hey i washed my face today and i feel better you know it's hard and stigma <laughs> yeah, yeah. is just coming around to be more normalized. Like the stigma is just kind of becoming broken down. So I get it that it's, it's almost a foot in the door for people to open that conversation, which I appreciate. And I understand. I just hope that people lean into that vulnerability a little more. I just, I just want to make sure that people are just looking up to the best possible role models. I don't know. I have this weird thing with TikTok being TikTokers being role models right now, where I'm like, this is all great and fun, but I feel like we're hyping up the wrong people. Like, why don't we hype up people that win Nobel Peace Prizes? Why are we hyping up TikTok? You know what I mean? I just, I would like to see a little bit more of a balance in terms of what we hype up and latch onto and what is cool, which is why I think Matt Happy does a good job not to like hype up our own shit, but we try to be as cool as possible. So you see that working on yourself and like working on your mental health and owning your mental health is cool. Like it's so cool to be like, yo, I do not feel good today. Like I want to be my best self. What do I do to fix this? I I can't do it alone. Mm. I can't solve everything on my own. Like, it's just so, you know what I mean? It's so easy to just ask for help with that. And I think the more we make that what the cool kids are doing, the more that that becomes on trend, just inevitably normalized. Quick break to talk to you guys about hydrant. Drinking enough water is critical for a healthy lifestyle. It was one of my mood boosters last week. It increases your brain power and boosts your productivity too. It can prevent those headaches and increase your focus. It also improves your skin and mood, which is why it's perfect for mood with Lauren Elizabeth. It helps your digestion and gives you energy. It prevents bad breath and it can even help you lose weight. But how much water should you drink a day? 10 cups, a gallon. The good news is that it doesn't have to be so complicated. Hydrant helps you hydrate faster. And that's what I need because there's not enough hours in the day. 
Hydrant has created a refreshing electrolyte powder that you can mix directly into water to more efficiently and effectively hydrate your body. It hydrates you quickly and keeps you going for longer. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. It has sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and it packs a punch to help your body hydrate fast and stay hydrated. And you guys, it's backed by research. The formula was developed by an Oxford scientist, and it has the essential ingredients that I love. It's made with real fruit juice powder. It's delicious and refreshing, and it comes in a variety of flavors, including new keto-friendly lemonade and pink grapefruit, and no added sugar, only two grams of carbs. My favorite is the keto-friendly lemonade. I think it's absolutely delicious. It's kind of like a treat because it's lemonade but it's literally so good for you they also have their new immunity line which is perfect for right now it's available in either lemon ginger which is my favorite or hot apple cider it has a thousand milligrams of vitamin c plus b6 b12 and d essential vitamins minerals and electrolytes with ginger and zinc so strengthen your routine no matter what the season it's total immune support Plus, it's backed by 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So if you don't love it, you can just send it back for a full refund. Try it for yourself. It's really incredible and it really works and you'll feel so much better. It's 100% mood booster approved. And I have a special deal for my listeners to save 25% off your first order. All you have to do is go to drinkhydrant.com slash mood or enter my promo code mood at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-H-Y-D-R-A-N-T dot com slash mood and enter promo code mood for 25% off your first order drinkhydrant.com slash mood and enter promo code mood and save 25% off and thank you so much to hydrant for sponsoring this episode where water meets wellness now back to the podcast I do have a question for you before we dive into just kind of like what are the most common things people have been feeling throughout this year and like what like what your kind of like hotline type ad- advice would be to that like what, what advice and tips have you been giving to people is do you feel that is there any fear in you that as we open up the stigma of mental health that people are going to start kind of like a la carte um, diagnosing themselves with things and now that the terms are just so much more known, like maybe you are just stressed, but all of a sudden, like you think you have anxiety and need to go to the doctor and get on meds. Like, where do you see, like, do you think it's just, we need more information or like, how do you see that happening? Cause I feel like that's my fear, I guess, is like me talking about my mental health might make someone who like, doesn't have anxiety feel like they do have anxiety or like, since I'm sober, someone thinks they need to get sober. Like, so do you see that happening or no? Um, I think there's so you make, you're making so many good points. I think that that definitely can happen. I think even for me, when I talk about things, I just comes with being cognizant. Like we did this whole toolkit on anxiety and we had a section that was called anxiety, the disorder versus anxiety, the feeling. Like we're all going to experience feelings of anxiety. That's human, but we're not all going to have it to the level that it's a disorder that we need help with. And so I think just being really clear about that verbiage and being really clear that everything is so individual, which is hard about mental health. Like there's a lot of common warning signs and there's a lot of common things you can look to, but also everything is so individual. And just because you have anxiety and I have anxiety as a diagnosis doesn't mean that either of us have any semblance of the same experience. Mm. You know, I also think that we are over diagnosing people. That yeah. is might be kind of like a controversial thing to say, but I do think that say someone thinks they're having a lot of feelings of anxiety and it might be leading to an anxiety disorder right now. And then you self-diagnose and then you read all the side effects or all the things that happen and you kind of start 
calling that into existence for yourself or kind of start recognizing those patterns because all of us are going to understand it to a level it's just human it's human to go up and down with your mental health so all of us can kind of tap into that empathy of it but sometimes i think when you do give yourself that label you fall into that role when you might think that it's harder to live life more successfully or normally when it's not it doesn't have to define you it does not define you it's not every axis of your being and you can live successfully with anxiety for the rest of your life because recovery isn't linear you know what i mean it doesn't make so i i do get nervous that people are going to do that i think we're still so new that i haven't seen too many people do that yet so i think that's going to be a really fun conversation for you and i to come back to maybe in like six months because I, I, yeah, I just think it's still new. I'm, I know, at least for me, like you said, when you even talk about being sober, I think as long as we're just being cognizant of that and saying, reiterating to people, this is so, so individual and all of us are going to understand this feeling that doesn't mean you need professional help. But also if you don't, if you're on the other end of the spectrum and you don't have this like formal diagnosis and you don't have you know, specific things that you think, my life isn't so bad that I should go to therapy, you still can go to therapy and you still can work on yourself because that's just time for you. So I think, I think it goes both ways. Like, I know I see a lot of people get discouraged about thinking that they're, they're taking away someone's space by going to therapy when their life isn't as triggering or as hard as other people's. And I also think that's really off putting because it's like, why, if you want to go and you want to work on yourself and get better, you have the space to do that. So I, I think it goes both ways. And I think it's still so new that we don't really know where people are going to go with this. But now I'm going to try to pay a lot more attention to it with you so we can kind of come back and track those trends, you know? Yeah, I think it's definitely like, you know, it's the kind of the combination of just social media being bad for mental health in general. And then, you know, this the stress of school and social media and all this stuff that like young kids like, you know, I know that I feel more kids, hopefully I just I don't know, I get scared of, you know, people not getting the right kind of care because it's like you're saying it's like you can go to therapy, whether you have anxiety or not. Right. And I think too, that it's so funny. Cause I, even as someone who's been going to therapy for so long, will get so nervous <laughs> if I'm like, Oh my God, do I not have enough bad things to tell my therapist today? But it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It's your time. And I think that's so funny. Okay. This is a little off on a tangent, but I started therapy when I was 17 because my dad died. My brother like attempted suicide five times and my grandma died all within the span of two weeks. And I was like, this is a lot for someone going into their senior year of high school. Like maybe I should go to therapy. And I went to therapy and I thought I should go to unpack all that. And I ended up talking about boundaries and friendships and how I was giving more than I was getting and how these weren't healthy relationships with me for like two and a half years. Yes. And I was like, why am I sitting here talking about my friendships and what's going on in my, you know, in my high school friends when I should unpack that my dad was dying, but that's what I needed to work on. And that was what was coming up. So sometimes even when big things do happen and you think you're going for one reason, you end up working through other things too. So you just never know. Like if yeah. you just feel that calling that like, Hey, this sounds cool. This sounds like I would benefit from something like this, no matter where you are on the spectrum, then try it. Yeah. That's why I think the biggest misconception is about therapy is like you like go in and you have to just spend as much time like telling your life story. And it's right. like, no, like no. It's, 
sometimes it's just like what's happening that day, what's happening that week. And then all of a sudden, two years later, you're like, let's talk about what happened when you're two. And you're like, how have we not gotten to this in the past two years? Like what? Or you think that you're saying all those small things. And then in like six months, you look back and you're like, wow, my entire like thought patterns and my relationships and how I like wake up every day has changed. Like they really did that. That was especially coming from someone that is a mental health professional. It's so funny because my therapist is so good because she'll kind of trick me and be like, oh yeah, like I've been using this book with other clients, like read this list of 11 things. Like, do you see how you're eight out of 11 on them? Like (laughs) she'll kind of like speak to me a little bit differently because she knows I know. And I'm like, man, you're good. You're still sneaky. You're still getting to me in a way that I can't see it. You know? Yeah. See, I just got to this point with my therapist where I go, I know you're right. I know what you're going to say. And then I, (laughs) she goes, what am I going to say? And I'm like, well, you're going to say that I know why I'm feeling anxious and I need to think about it and that you're not going to tell me why I'm anxious. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know why I'm having so much anxiety. And she's like, you know, and I'm like, I know, I know. And I know you think I know. Okay. That's the other biggest misconception of therapy is people think that therapy is advice giving. No, 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 no. None, none of this is them telling you what to do is them giving you advice. You're not going to get a straight answer. Or maybe if you do, it's a type of therapy that, or I always say it's a, a, you get, you have a bad therapist. I'm sorry. I know it's controversial, but I said it, I said it to my therapist last night. I was like, I was like, what if like my friend went to therapy and they told her to do X, Y, and Z. And she was like, they can't do that. And I was like, yeah, but you're a good therapist. What if they're a bad therapist? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And there are hella bad therapists out there, which is why it's like dating hard. It is like dating and it's hard. And there's so we can get into this too, of course, but there's so many little tips and tricks that I've learned over the year. And I feel like I've now told so many people my same spiel on how to find a therapist. I feel like I have this little army of friends that are like, I know where to go to find a therapist that kind of just help give that info to people. Cause you need, I don't want to say it's so hard that discourages people. Cause if you're already depressed, knowing like, shit, now I got to find a therapist and that's going to be a hard process. I don't want that to be off-putting. Like for me, I went through a friend, my therapist, when I, that I met when I was 17 is the first person I ever talked to. I've been with her for 10 years and she's literally the love of my life. Like I'm convinced that we would be best friends if she wasn't my therapist. And I realized I pay her to have that relationship with her, but I'm (laughs) obsessed with my, hi Kim. She's the love of my life. Hi, Rebecca. I love you so much. <laughs> Rebecca and Kim. Rebecca and Kim for the win. But it can be really hard. It can be hard, but it's so worth it when you find someone that really vibes with you and gets you and feels like it's helping you. And so, you know, of course we can get in that to that too. I want to know, I want to know if my tips are approved by you for how Ooh, I give people advice. Okay, okay. So when someone says they don't know how to find a therapist, mm-hmm. what I always say is, ask a friend or family member for a referral. Um, if you have insurance and want to use insurance, try to get referrals through your insurance, but start with your primary care doctor. If you have a relationship or like your gynecologist usually is always like a solid, like female, like they know great people. And then after that, and I don't want people to feel discouraged. I say, try one of the apps. Hey, apps are cool, man. Apps, they're becoming accessible. They're bringing things. I've, um, I don't know if I know anyone personally that has used better help, but they seem really solid. There's other ones that seem not as solid that I don't want to name drop, but okay. So all of those are fabulous. Okay. All of great. Am I, what That's am I missing? 
Um, the, the third or fourth one that I would say is if you go through those routes and those aren't for you, or if you still want someone in your insurance, there's three websites that I really love and they're psychology today, mm-hmm. good therapy and open path collective. Okay. And all of those, you could go on, type in your location, type in what your insurance is and find a bunch of accredited therapists in your area. And you can kind of read their profile, see what type of therapy they do. There's also support groups on there sometimes kind of get a vibe for them. And the other big hint I have is most of the time therapists do free phone consultations, mm-hmm. take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Cause you can kind of tell within the first like 10 minutes, if they're your type of person, if they're your style, if you feel comfortable and this may be tricky for people if they feel like they don't trust themselves yet. But I do say when finding a therapist, really tap into that gut feeling. Like mm-hmm. if you should be able to vibe with them, you should feel comfortable. You should be, be able, like you could go in there and start opening up and talking. You and I are just meeting and we literally got on this call and we're like, oh, we've been homies for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like tap into that knowing and kind of trust yourself with that. Because if, if you don't have that relationship, it's going to be a lot harder to feel the benefits than if you do. So use the support systems, take your time, but take advantage of free phone consultations, call around and feel like you're dating, like feel like you can set standards and be picky because this is something you're doing. It's one of the most valuable things you can do for yourself. So make it work, make it count, make it the best situation that you can for yourself. Honestly, a hundred out of 10 recommend therapy always. Me too. So I'm assuming they want to go like if you you can't lead a horse to water, if you, if you feel like you're not in the space for it, then don't do it. Cause you're not going to get stuff out of it. Yeah, definitely. If you're even an ounce of curious, try it. Yes. Change your life. So what other tips have you been kind of mainly giving for people that have been texting into the hotline for local optimist with 2020? I mean, obviously everyone's struggling in so many different kinds of ways. And just, I think because of all of those ways, it's so hard on all of our mental health, no matter, matter how good you've gotten out of this year or the worst end of it, like everyone's struggling. So what do you think people are really coming to you with and what are you giving them mostly? Okay. I have like three big top things. And this is really fun. Cause it's also something I wanted to talk to you about in general, cause I feel like you might know about it. And if you don't, you're going to be really into it. So I'd say first you hit the nail on the head. A big thing of what we're, what I'm hearing on the hotline is it's 2020. Like everything that's going, the political landscape, the Black Lives Matter movement, the election coming up, everyone being at home and isolated, feelings of loneliness, feelings of anxiety for the new time. I mean, we're seeing triple the numbers of anxiety than usual in the pandemic. So a a lot of this general 2020 rhetoric, and there's a couple big things that I keep going to in terms of like, what are the three, my three top suggestions that I want to hit with people to see what they're doing. So the one I wanted to talk to you about, I don't remember what podcast of yours I was listening to, but I remember making a mental checklist to be like, oh, we need to talk about this. Do you know about the stress curve? No. Have you heard of this? I had to, as part of that uh, college job that I had, I had to teach this around campus. And I don't know why other people don't know this because it revolutionized how I like think about my stress. Okay, I'm gonna literally draw it out for you because I'm a visual girl, ready? The stress curve is basically talking about how you should implement coping mechanisms before you get burnt out and like how to be aware of your stress. So you doesn't go overboard. However, it also flips stress on his head because some stress is good. Mm -hmm. And let me show you an example. So for all the people listening at home, I'm drawing a normal bell curve, a normal distribution on a graph and my X axis is stress. And my Y is productivity. Okay. Okay. 
Here's your visual. Yeah, it looks like a normal little it's mountain. Like a normal little bell curve, right? Yes. So if you don't have enough stress, like if it's summer and you're, you're still in high school, you don't really have any assignments, you got nothing going on, you're in your pajamas watching cartoons all day. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you don't have enough stress and enough going on, it's really easy to kind of fall into that laziness. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. And then that's, that's the lower side of the stress curve. On the other end of the spectrum, when there's so much to do and so much going on and you're so overwhelmed, you curl into a ball and watch Netflix for the rest of the day because it's just too much. So the stress curve is all about how if you have just enough stress to light a fire under your ass, mm. you become your peak productive self. Oh. However, most of us are living in this zone right here where there's so much going on that we can't reel it in to get enough done because it's just how many things are going on. So in the we're world? basically like, lives. we're basically going back and forth between like where we could almost be at our peak and like almost be burnt out. And we're just like trying to go back and forth. Exactly. So the key to get us back to our peak is just coping mechanisms. Okay. But it's just that simple understanding of how stress works and knowing that if I have a to-do list, that's not bad. That doesn't have to trigger me. That doesn't have to give me anxiety, but I also need to have enough of a balance and know what coping mechanisms work for me to keep me in that zone. So I'm not so overwhelmed that I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And ever since drawing that out, I swear to God, that's, I've been out of college. How long? Fucking 10 years almost. I'm old. Like this has stayed with me forever. And I find that every time I show someone that they're like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like you're just putting to a visual or to words, something that we all feel and all have been on both sides of those spectrums, but haven't really articulated. But when you know that you can kind of trick your mind into using stress for your advantage, as long as you're staying, staying consistent with your coping mechanisms for yourself. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're, it's like you said, if you're not stressed at all, you're like, you know, almost just like, what do they say? Um, arrogant, not arrogant something is bliss. Arrogance is bliss. Ignorance. Ignorance. Thank you. you Ignorance is bliss. It's like, yeah, because like you have to have a little bit of stress. Like bliss is like when you like straight up are like not doing anything around you, you're like levitating on the bed, just like watching TV for a thousand hours. And so that's why it's, it's almost nice when I feel that little bit amount of stress. Cause I think now that you say that I'm like, Oh, that's me feeling like, yes, I'm a little overwhelmed with the amount of stuff I have to do, but like, it doesn't feel horrible. Cause I'm like going towards my peak performance or whatever. So yeah, and it gives you purpose. It gives you drive. It gives you, it's fun to feel like, Ooh, I see that I have something to work on. And then every step along the way becomes those little signals of positive feedback and those mm. little accomplishments where as you acknowledge them, it just gives you more and more motivation to keep kicking ass. So if you're going towards like you know, obviously the pit of, you know, being wanting to curl up in a ball and not do anything. Um, that was probably me yesterday when I texted you to record Fair today. <laughs> what are some, do you, do you give people some like kind of coping mechanisms or books to read or stuff yeah. like that? What are your kind of go-tos? Okay. The top one right now in 2020, I'm going to get a little scientific. Um, the anxiety that we're experiencing because of COVID is going to a different part of our brain than you and I normally just having anxiety. Got it. It's a different part of like, it's the amygdala versus the PAG, whatever. We don't really need to get into specifics. However, that being said, COVID related anxiety and like us dealing with all the emotions we're dealing with right now, the best way to do it, like biologically speaking, chemically speaking, the best way to tackle that is mindfulness and meditation. 
which I know is redundant. And a lot of people don't want to hear it because everyone's like, oh, just meditate. And that can be hard to do because you're not seeing the effects right away. Right. But any sort, even if that means you putting on headphones and getting in the zone and listening to your favorite album and just like zoning out, that's mindfulness too. It's just being fully present, being calm, being with your breath, kind of like giving your mind that sense of peace and clarity and time just for you. That's the number one way to calm down that level of anxiety in the new part of our brain that this year is kind of targeting. I have a question. I have a question. Yeah, I'm raising my yeah. hand on Zoom. Lauren, Lauren. Okay. This kind of goes back to what we were saying, but as you said it, like, as you said, okay, listening to music, are you allowed to do something with your hands and be mindful or do you have to be still? Hell yeah. You could do, you could do mindful eating. Okay. Because you can eat, you can when do I do my own nails at home, it's like yes. this whole process and I yes. do it because I can't be on my phone and I'm like focused 100%. on something and I'm present. So that's technically mindful meditation something something huh? it is 1000 percent. it is people use mindfulness and meditation interchangeably and like meditation is obviously sitting down focusing on our breathing going back to your breath whatever mindfulness is being truly present in the moment and like experiencing what you're experiencing so if i'm listening to headphones listening to music sitting in a chair if you're sitting quietly or playing music doing your nails zoning in and you know that feeling it's kind of like the flow state where you're so wrapped up in what you're doing it's what you're thinking about but you're not thinking about anything but you're only thinking about this at the same time mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like what sports people call being in the zone which i cannot relate to <laughs> here that's what it's called it's that kind of feeling like that is so so beneficial for our brains mm -hmm. and that literally can be painting our nails 100 just because i feel like i i've had to trick myself into doing these things yeah and and like the nails thing, I, I've said it a few times either on the podcast or YouTube, but I'm like, no, like the reason I do it and the reason I is not just because like my nails look amazing now and I'm never going to have them done say, again. Are those natural too? Uh, yeah. Hello yeah. at home manicure. I'm going to make you do mine. I'm going to come over and make you do my nails. <laughs> I know. Well, so I'm thinking of getting into knitting. So that's why that was Ooh. my first thought. And then I was like, wait, it's kind of like because I can't always be painting my nails. So that's why I want to get into knitting because like I've noticed that I'm really mindful when I'm doing my nails just because like I'm so focused. I do get a little like OCD though when I do it and I go because mm -hmm. I have like a picking problem. But besides mm -hmm. that, I'm very mindful. So what are the other tips for the yeah. 2020 related coping mechanisms? Okay, so I hate schedules, but mm -hmm. I love routines. Mm -hmm. I am a very big advocate of a morning and an evening routine. Okay. And when I say that, I mean, like, I want to give myself a full hour and a half in the morning before any semblance of responsibilities to mm. do what helps me feel centered and prepared for the day. Okay. So honestly, that changes a lot. To be completely frank, I have jumped off my meditation practice and have not been so good with it recently. But so what I'll do is like, I'll set the mood, like I'll kind of clean up from the night before, because if my space isn't clean, my anxiety gets triggered because I want to like, feel like I have a clean space to prep myself for the day. So maybe I'll clean up from the night before I'll put incense on, I'll start a record. I'll kind of like open all the blinds. Maybe I'll like stretch for a little bit. I used to meditate to be completely honest. I've jumped off that. And then I read for pleasure mm. because I think I have to read so much for work or if you're in school, you're reading so much. So it's kind of fun to take yourself out of that and just have a morning to do things to fill your cup up. Mm -hmm. so I'm really big into that. And then after the work day, before I eat dinner or whatever, my boyfriend will come home from work. We'll kind of have that like, whoo, okay, we're done. 
we will go on a long neighborhood walk and we use it as our time to like signal to our brain, okay, you're letting go of whatever we had to work. We're checking in, talking about whatever we want with each other, go, getting outside, which is big because when you work from home, it's sometimes hard to remember to get outside, going on a nice little lap, moving your body, kind of connecting with someone. And you can either do that listening to a podcast, you could do it by yourself, you could do it with a roommate, whatever you want. And then I'll come back, like make something from home that's good. And then just do whatever I want. Like if I want to work out, I'll work out. If I want to watch a show that's easy and light, that doesn't mean I have to start something new and feel emotionally invested in something because I don't have the emotional capacity for it. I'll rewatch The Office for the 600th time. Like I just take it really moment by moment, but I'm setting very, very clear boundaries with my morning and evening routine. Because for me, if I don't set that balance, I'm on the other side of the stress curve. Like, I know I have to be very, even if I'm not getting stuff done on my to-do list and that sucks, like it's not the end of the world Mm -hmm. because this is the end of the world, not me, not getting done, whatever I had to type out on my computer today. So setting those really clear and firm boundaries for time just to myself, morning and night, even if it's like one hour each to 30 minutes, morning and night, revolutionize how I am. And I also really prioritize sleep. I think sleep is so, so, so healing. And I absolutely have to sleep like eight or nine hours a night. I know for my own body, not everyone needs that. But I think really prioritizing sleep and rest and taking care of yourself and the small things that you don't think add up really, really do. Well, I do want to point out too, just to our listeners of like, as much as you might, you know, hear something similar of like meditation and routine, it's like you have to remember that this isn't just the regular person telling you okay, like a routine. It's like, wake up at this time, do this, like have this, like she's saying, like she takes it moment by moment, just by having clear boundaries on Mm -hmm. each end of her day. So your night routine, your morning routine, it could look different every single day. Mm -hmm. As long as you have those two boundaries, it's not about making a to-do list and feeling like a boss and a hustler and accomplished every single morning. It's just having those clear boundaries, which I think is super important and something that I haven't heard articulated that way, which I really do love. Cause I think for people that maybe get afraid of like routines and schedules and stuff like that is such an easier compromise for sure. Girl, you were such a good active listener. You just like summarized beautifully what I meant, what I said, you like put the bow on it. (laughs) I also want to say, so those are the daily things I do. I also take an antidepressant. I also go to therapy. I also check in with friends. I also will journal if it's hard. I also cry when I need to like, so there's, you know, there's a balance. So those are the little things I do every day, but I balance them with between the big stuff and the fluff. Going back to what we said earlier, I, I balance the big stuff and the fluff. Oh, I like that between the big stuff and the fluff. Ooh, that's so you good. Do it every single day. It doesn't like, it slowly adds up over time. And I think that's like one of the hardest things with mental health is like, you're not, everything we do right now, we want immediate positive feedback, mm-hmm. right? Like if we can't order something on Amazon and it gets delivered today, we freak out. Like we're so used to that immediate feedback of posting a picture and getting all the likes. And when you start doing something as big as mental health care, and it's not an immediate feedback and it takes like at least a few days in a row of you doing that routine to kind of feel the benefits. It's harder to stick with it. So I know that that sometimes can be maybe discouraging for people, but that's another tip. Get an accountability buddy. Mm. Ask your girlfriend. They could be on the other side of the world, but you just text each other your morning routine or send a picture of you reading in the morning with your tea or your coffee yeah. or whatever it is. Like find an accountability buddy and make it fun and make it something that you both are trying to do together. Yeah. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast too, the past couple of weeks, just about like 
being more vulnerable, even just with your girlfriends of like, just like totally, you'll, you'll be surprised what you get from that. And like, as you said that I was like, I'm literally having five girlfriends come over tonight and we're doing like kind of a fake book club, kind of a real book club. Cause like, who knows like how much we'll stay on topic, but we're just reading like a self-help book and Okay. So I know there's like some controversy on, cause I'm like really not into like toxic positivity and like, because it's, you can heal your life by Louise Hay. I've talked about it on the podcast before I haven't read that. and people really, really love it. But then some people also really, really don't love it because there are some things that like discredit science in a way of like, if you have cancer, if you just love yourself, you won't have cancer type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I do believe like, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm like fairly in the middle of like, I really do believe in like positive self-talk and like positive outlook on life, but I don't believe in toxic positivity. You know, Absolutely. I'm someone where it's like, I do need my meds to feel okay. It's not because I don't love myself, like that kind exactly. of thing. So take it with the grain. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think it's like, you can find tools in all of these books. And I think it's really like, that's why when I look at the self-help book section or why I like kind of always in recommending new books or talking about things in different ways is because I think you'll never know what people digest from some of it or how they digest it. And so it's like, this might speak more to someone than someone else, but it's like this similar concepts in another book. It's just told a different way. Right. I'd love to know your favorite self-help. Okay. I have a, I, I go back and forth. I go through phases where I fucking hate self-help books. Like you said, because there's a lot of toxic positivity and also like the eight minute morning or whatever, all of that is grounded for men. Like men make their testosterone from like, they start releasing at 5am to waking up and working out and getting all your important things done. First thing in the morning is because men are already releasing their testosterone ready to go. And they burn out by three women are not like that. Like that does not fucking kidding me. This revolutionized my world. I'm going to send you a podcast all about this. I cannot wake up at five, work out, get all my stuff done. It doesn't work because my body isn't releasing testosterone by 5 a.m. Like, that's not it. That's not it for me. And so I think a lot of that is grounded in like the fucking patriarchy, which is a whole other ballgame. Don't get me into. My jaw's on the floor, just so everyone knows, because I'm like, why am I not a person that can wake up at 5 a.m.? And you just like, I feel like gave me the gift from God. Exactly. Like, oh, oh, see, we have so much to talk about. But so the ones that I do like, there's one that actually inspired a couple of blog posts I wrote for Local Optimist. Have you read The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer? I think I've heard of it, but I have not read. I, I might recognize the cover, but I'll bring it to you if I when next okay. time I come to LA. It's basically about how you're the internal roommate in your head, the little voice in your head that's always talking. And okay. if you can hear that voice, you're the one listening, not the one talking. So it's kind of about separating like your ego and your mm. thoughts from your true inner self mm. and how your thoughts don't have to define you. You're not just your thoughts. These thoughts that come and go don't make up everything that you're experiencing. You can change them. You can separate from them. And I think if you're doing it in tandem with meditation, you kind of start learning those tools. But that was the first one I read that truly blew my mind. That was like, oh, this little voice that's narrating everything I'm going through. This is not reality. Like the reality right. is like that deep seated me that, that bigger, more spiritual me that knows what my true truth is. And the ego is that little voice in my head that likes to get wrapped up in everything that's going on. Right. Okay. That's a really powerful one for, I think a lot of people are having kind of like intrusive thoughts right now, or their brain doesn't shut off at the end of the night. So I would really recommend that one. And then I'm also a big Eckhart Tolle gal. Okay. I love him. He's is another that one the... sometimes you take with a grain. Okay. But the power of now in a new earth. Yes. All those kind of deep seated spiritual 
self-help ebooks. And it's the same thing like you're saying, like there's so many beautiful tools and like so much more is in our control than we realize. And that's like a blessing and a curse. Like you can have self-love and you can revolutionize your experience through all these things. But also I'm going to take my meds every day because there's a chemical imbalance and I need it. <laughs> yes. But it just, these books can sometimes can help be very, very empowering. And then sometimes there is that toxic positivity. So I will say in whatever book, like read whatever books you like, but like take them all apart. Like yeah. take the parts that work for you and that sound good and that are helpful. And then the parts that aren't, then don't accept them as truth and move on. Right. Because they're not your truth. Oh my God. I love it so much. I feel like that's a perfect place to end. And just kind of our intro to mental health in 2020 with my new a la carte mental health expert. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime, baby. I'm here to validate you anytime. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Please let everyone know where they can follow you. Keep up with local optimists, all your work, everything. Okay. Um, Instagram is kind of my main bay. I'm at meadow underscore AF. We also have mad happy, follow mad happy, follow the local optimists, text me on the hotline. If you have any questions Yes. and then come, uh, find me on the YouTubes as my new, my new, uh, quarantine hobby. It's also the editing is just too good. I have to oh say God, thanks so the much. The visuals really hard. I, I was going to say you picked up over quarantine. How the fuck did you know how to edit like that? I, all I do is YouTube premiere pro tutorials. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and we're good. And she has too much time on our hands. There we go. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. In the meantime, follow at mood with Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram, go follow Meadow and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.